are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 303 and 304 to our slow and steady walk to life. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Just wanted to call it something different, but uh, we're glad you joined us for Fed by Ravens. We are... uh, Essentially, talking through the entirety of the Holy Scriptures in a year. Essentially. Essentially. And so, uh, hope you're enjoying it. Let's just get into it today. we got to finish up the book that I think best describes this type of music. Our Old Testament readings for today is Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 40 through chapter 5, and Obadiah. Oh, Obadiah? Also, kind of bluesy book. Yep. No one has any life verses from Obadiah. No, I don't think any. They should. Jumped out at me. It's like, oh yeah, I've heard this quoted before on on the reg. And let's, the as we get to Obadiah, why don't we uh, think about if there's a life verse in there, you know. Okay. That uh, we could give to some high school kid as he graduates a Christian high school. Woe to Edom. (laughs) Showing how committed to the bit he is. All right, first, we got to finish Lamentations. Lamentations. So we started in chapter 3, verse 40 today, and we're going to finish the book. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting verse. Right away, Jeremiah says, Let us test and examine our ways and return to the Lord. Mm -hmm. How do you test and examine unless you have some kind of baseline? Right? Right. You don't know how well you did on the test, or you don't know what you're looking for if you're examining with no baseline. So I just think Jeremiah's constant commitment to know God, to anchor in his word, God's made it very clear. He's been patient for over 400, 800, 1,200 years of patience and kindness with people. And this one really goes back. Oh, no, no, I'm going to Obadiah now. But this goes back all the way to um, Esau as well. I'm mixing Obadiah and Jeremiah. Yeah. But the, the idea That's is okay. test and examine yourself. Where's the answer key? Mm-hmm. And even just immediately applying it to myself is like we are the people who can test and examine ourselves and return to the Lord because we're using his word, yeah. his blueprint for life. And that's what we examine ourselves according to. It's like things aren't right. Why am I angry? I'm a person of love. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I'm full of anger. Why? I'm trying to control everything. You're the God of creation who controls everything. Now I can enter into your rest. And now I've properly examined myself and returned to the Lord. See how that works? You're welcome. The end. <laughs> um, you, that's enough, really. Yeah, well, he's kind of addressing, like, this is what we, this is what we need to do um, because we have reached a point where God is no longer listening to us because he's like we're done here you don't want anything from me in the midst of lamentation of complaint and recognizing god is left literally he's listing about cannibalism things are so bad they're being sieged there's a plea at one point where it's just like at least sodom was gone in a moment like there's more mercy and grace to sodom Mm -hmm. and gomorrah because it just boom happened but for the people of God, it's like warning, 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 and then slowly it's happening because God's gracious. Yeah. He wasn't, I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah was just gone, but mm-hmm. they're even looking at that as they were kind of lucky. It's like, no, they're not lucky, but yeah, I know how you feel. 
but you have God's favor. So yeah, it's taking time mm-hmm. and it's torturous. Uh, there's even a callback to his time in the pit. <laughs> Jeremiah spent some time in the pit for <laughs> sure. It was funny because I, I used to... How, what was the throwback? Um, he literally says, I've been hunted like a bird by those who were my enemies without cause. They flung me alive into the pit, cast stones on me, water closed over my head, and I said, I am lost. Boom. I, That's a true story. I called on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ear for my cry for help. And you came near when I called you and said, do not fear. And... Yeah. Uh, I used to read that as like, uh, oh man, yeah, like when we're metaphorically or spiritually in the pit. Yeah. And then after really engaging the story of Jeremiah going, oh no, he's he's writing this from real life experience. Yeah, from the pit. And we, we <laughs> enter real pits too. You from know, the time he was thrown into an actual well. But that's what I'm getting from Lamentations is you got to be honest and recognize like you mm-hmm. can be honest with God. I'm in the pits. And then examine, like, what has gone wrong. Because sometimes, I know we spend so much time in our cultural context saying bad things just happen, Mm -hmm. which is true. It's like not every bad thing is because you deserve it. Because we have a a sense of, oh, I deserve this and I've done this and that's why I got sick or a bad thing or my marriage failed. Because uh, it's because of me. Well, that's a bad example. That probably is because of you. But sometimes... Their suffering is directly related to your choices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of just natural law. Like, mm-hmm. it's like gravity. You walked off a building, you fell to the ground, mm-hmm. probably breaking tons of bones, if not dying. Right. And so it is okay to sometimes, in fact, I would encourage it, Lord, have I brought this on myself? Right. Why is all this happening? And listen to the Lord. Examine. Mm-hmm. And he might say, yeah, you're holding on to this anger or this bitterness or you're cursing yourself or you're not trusting me. Mm-hmm. Because, and maybe that will open some things up, not because God's playing games, but because we operate under natural law and his grace. Or he might be saying, well, everyone around you is against me. And so you're with me, so they're going to be against you too. Yeah, right. Like, but get an accurate sense of I'm the situation. I'm going to be with you yes. through this too. That's the beauty of Lamentations is that the, his provision and his protection and his presence are never in question. Like, yeah. that's the promises we have. So mm-hmm. when you're in good times or bad times, it doesn't matter. You need the presence and the provision of the Lord. Yeah. So and ch- that's always available to us. So chapter 4, um, he, he just gets down to the destruction of everything mm-hmm. and what's happening while the city is under siege, and it is pretty intense and graphic. Um, But it basically is a callback, really, and I kind of always, like, fleetingly remember this, but um, it's always a callback to Deuteronomy, because the Lord specifically said in Mm -hmm. um, Deuteronomy, when he was listing the curses for if you break this covenant, this is what will happen to you. Right. Right. what he spells out in chapter four is what what is said in Deuteronomy about the breaking the curses is basically you will starve, the land will not provide for you, your enemies will be surrounding you, you will be eating one another and your children, like yeah, it will be bad, things will be bad. You're right, we forget about that. And so again, this is just the natural. This is the actual consequence for turning away from the Lord. And what what stinks is that we are all connected. Yes. So like it's a group thing. Mm-hmm. 
the uh, people of God have done this, the leaders of God have done this. And so sweet Jeremiah is like, I'm personally pretty righteous, mm-hmm. but um, he's part of a people. Yes. And that's why it's love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Like we are married to Christ and his body, like mm-hmm. his people. And so we have to care for one another. Um, I just kind of mixed all the chapters up together. Yeah, you're fine. And so uh, I don't know if it's okay for me to go straight to the end. Yeah, you're good. That's where I would go. I like chapter 5, verse 19, after he's listed and been honest. And this is helpful. Mm -hmm. Lamentations is helpful because as as I work through things in my life, there's a moment where I stop thinking about what I'm going to say to other people and just say the honest truth to God. You know what? I'm a little selfish here. Mm-hmm. I just want this. I just want that. You have to say it and be honest with God about your feelings of anger or your feelings of whatever. And because uh, he'll walk with you through that. Yeah. And then you get to verse 19 where it's like, but you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. He's able to understand the truth. When you're honest, you're able, like, if you're scared about provisions today, like, how are we going to make money? How are we gonna, uh, be honest. God, I'm really scared. And then give God the opportunity to go, you know, I create all things and promise to provide for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So then you're able to go, thanks, God. I'm going to trust in you today. And you still don't know because the next verse is, why do you forget? Will you forget us forever? Like, restore us to yourself. Renew us, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you get that. Oh, yeah, God's going to provide for me. And then you walk away in faith going, how are you going to do it, Lord? And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, we'll reveal that together. I'll reveal that to you. Mm-hmm. And we'll walk with it. So... Um, I just think there's, this is an example of what do we do when we're in the pits and everything around us is legitimately bad. I love that. Cry out to God and he says, I am here with you. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's the, I mean, that's law and gospel. Mm-hmm. Law is you better cry out to God because it doesn't matter if this is your fault, your neighbor's fault, or just, or just a, a weird act of nature. Mm-hmm. It, we are in a world of sin. So right. it doesn't, like you can try to figure it out. It doesn't matter. It's like, is the cancer causing this, or is this just an actual cult? Like, what's that? It doesn't matter. You're sick. So cry out to the God who can heal. All right, sweet. Lamentations. Lamentations. And now we are officially, officially done with Jeremiah. Goodbye, Jerry. That was a sweet time. I realize why no one likes to spend time with you, Jeremiah. Because you force us to deal with... Um, a lot of sadness and all of our fears of being neglected and and murdered and like made fun of for doing right. Jeremiah really faces those head on. So naturally, I mean, we don't want to read him very often. Yeah, he's pretty honest. <laughs> and we misquote him all the time. Oh, God knows the plans he has for you, plans to yeah. prosper you. Sweet. In 70 years. Jerry, In exile. Jeremiah, why? <laughs> why couldn't you just stop there? Why you got to add the 70 years in Babylon? Ugh, leave him in the pit. All right. Obadiah. Obadiah. This is a fun little book. Um, again, I hope you are keeping in front of you the idea of finding a life verse here. Oh, yeah. Um, There's got to be one. <laughs> anyway, the setup. Well, here, here we go. Here's the setup. Yeah, you, you want to do it. No, you no, want to do it. You I like do. you pride yourself as the guy who knows the history. So go I ahead. I do. Thank you. Even though I have the history major. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Go ahead. But you have the psych major, right? <laughs> that is true. So, yeah. um, all right. So Obadiah. Obadiah. We're not um, exactly sure what the dating is, but we're pretty sure it's after the fall of Jerusalem mm-hmm. and from exile. 
Right. And we're sure we're we're pretty sure of this because during the exile, especially after the temple was destroyed, mm-hmm. people ran out of the walls of Jerusalem like rats on a sinking ship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a real phrase. Sure. But they're just like fleeing out. Right? Because you don't want to be taken back to Babylon with a fish hook in right. your mouth. And then, um, and one of the, all the nations around them during this, like, power vacuum came in and just raided uh, the remaining people within Judah and um, Israel. Which is super disappointing because God had been gracious to them. Yes. That Israel and Judah had actually been a blessing to mm-hmm. these surrounding nations. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these surrounding nations have their roots uh, tied to the family of Abraham. Right. And so that's, it's kind of disappointing. So we can tie back. So Obadiah is going directly at the Edomites, who are descendants of Esau. Esau. And if you remember the story of Esau, he's the firstborn son of Isaac, who sold his birthright for a bowl of soup from Jacob, the deceiver. Yes. And so since that time, it kind of set up this family curse over his line that we are going to uh, satisfy our immediate need. We're going to be spiritually apathetic. Yeah, there was like a line where after that, it was like there was always enmity between Esau and Jacob. Yeah. So there's like a spiritual arrogance and indifference that begins with Esau. Mm -hmm. Where It's like, I I don't care about my birthright. I don't care about these things. Just give me a bowl of soup now. Mm -hmm. And so right. he, yeah. And so, um, as a result of that, Jacob, the secondborn, receives the blessing, and so the people of God come through Jacob. But like God always does, even with that kind of sinful firstborn, mm-hmm. he he still counts them as children under Abraham, you know. And so even Ishmael was still counted. There's like grace for oh, these yeah. people. Yeah. And so God still blesses them, and so Edom grows into a nation. And I mean, so yeah. Esau's descendants grow into a nation, have an inheritance, simply because of being blood-related to the people of God. Mm-hmm. So God's super gracious. Right. Uh, unfortunately, the people of Edom, for, I guess at this point, 1,200 solid years, are proud, just proud, angry jerks. Yeah, and have been worshiping other gods and have not dealt with the Lord at all and have only ever been at war with the people of Israel. So here's the situation. As, um, here's the situation. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't do it. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, as Babylon finishes off Jerusalem, people are fleeing. You would think you could go to your cousin's place. And their cousins, Edom, have a little kingdom that is hidden in the hills and the mm-hmm. rocks, the crags. So it has like natural boundaries, natural yeah. barriers. And they felt impenetrable. You're right. Because they had been for so long and God had blessed them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the people of God went to their cousins for refuge as fugitives. And what did Edom do? They didn't say, hey, come in here. We'll protect you from Babylon. Instead, they mocked mm-hmm. and they killed and they enslaved and they ravaged, like you said earlier, in the power vacuum. Yes. And so Obadiah is a prophet, specifically kind of building. Jeremiah had a, um, if you remember, Jeremiah had a section where he went off on Moab and Edom and all the surrounding places. So this builds off what Jeremiah already said. But mm-hmm. Obadiah is a prophet telling this proud, spiritually arrogant nation, you know what? It's over for you. Mm-hmm. And it's over because you've done the last thing. You're wiping out. 
your cousins. Yeah. Again, you're doing you're you're totally against me and you're totally against my people. You don't love me and you don't love your neighbor and these people are your not only your neighbors but your cousins. So you're done. Yeah, verse 10 is a a pretty good one to represent that. It's uh, because of the violence done to your brother Jacob, shame shall cover you and you shall be cut off forever. Yeah, so Edom is losing everything. So it's been a nice 1,200 years of God's grace over Esau, but it's come to an end. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, take heed to that. Right. You know, you can have confidence. You can have confidence uh, in the fact that you were baptized and you love Jesus, but you know, you walk away. He's going to be gracious to you for a time. But if you stay away, <laughs> then you should have no assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't stay away. Right. Like, have, have figure it out and repent and come back because the day of the Lord is near. Yeah. And, I, and so in this, in the last half of Obadiah, you see um, the promise of the return of the house of Jacob. So mm-hmm. he's, he's, while warning uh, of the coming judgment of Edom, he's also uh, announcing um, the return of the exiles from Babylon um, he says, I like this metaphor, the house of Jacob shall, become, shall be a fire, the house of mm-hmm. Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau stubble, and they shall burn them and consume them, and there shall be no survivor for the house of Esau. Boom. Thus saith the Lord. There's the life What's verse. funny is my life verse is right ahead of yours, because <laughs> I wouldn't use, this is a build up to my life verse. Um, so he says, you know, as you've done, it'll be done to you. Your mm-hmm. deeds shall return on your own head. So again, when you're outside of the deeds of Christ and you're going to do it on your own, that's what you'll be judged by. So you've drunk, uh, for as you have drunk on my holy mountain, so all the nations shall drink continually. They shall drink and swallow and shall be as though they had never been. But here's my life verse. It's, it's uh, 17. You, mm-hmm. got, you got 18. But in Mount Zion, there shall be those who escape. And it shall be a holy. It shall be holy, and the house of Jacob shall possess their own possessions. Oh, nice! So for me, it's that Mount Zion, and so your faith—the faith to move mountains. Yeah. Boom. So by Did faith it. in Jesus Christ, it. you find Mount Zion, and you escape. Mm-hmm. You escape the wrath of the Edomites. You escape the wrath of Babylon. You escape the wrath of your own sin, and the house of Jacob shall possess their own possessions. You will be renewed to all that was given to you by God in the first place. Right. That's a great verse. It takes some explaining, and I don't know if in high school I could have done that. <laughs> but uh, the kingdom of the Lord, and it ends with, um, I think it ends with hope. Again, saviors shall go up to Mount Zion to rule Mount Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. So there's hope for all nations, mm-hmm. but that's going to be Edom's only redemption now, is whoever survives will not be survivors of Edom, They'll just be people who come to Jesus. Yeah. Which is a shame. They could have been much more. But nonetheless, God's grace endures. Cool. Thanks, Obadiah. All You're right. a short little book, which, you know what? I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Moving into the New Testament. Our New Testament reading for today is Hebrews chapter 1 and 2. Buckle in, everyone. We're going to spend another 40 minutes on uh, Hebrews. We aren't, but um, we need to. Look, we just want to make an acknowledgement. Hebrews is a wonderful, jam-packed book. 
we will not do it complete justice, but we will find some highlights and some... We'll at least connect the narrative. Yeah, the narrative, and we'll try to give you the theme and structure but and blah, blah, blah. We just blah. want to admit, there's no way we can do this one justice. This is not just a nice letter from Paul. This is actually, author is unknown, mm-hmm. and it's been speculated over the years, which uh, the crazy thing about Hebrews is, because the author is unknown, it, sh- it was and should be suspect, because... Yes. We are basing all of our teachings on the apostles mm-hmm. of Christ, those who witnessed his death and resurrection, who were with him before and after that. And so uh, Paul, Paul's letters are brought in simply because um, Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. Right. And so we know this one, we don't know the author, but it was canonized. It was put into the scriptures because of its authority from the beginning. Like this mm-hmm. was written in the day. It has a lot of other great Great apostles who uh, were like, yeah, this is good stuff. And yeah. mostly it lines up with everything we believe and know. And so you might ask, well, why even bother with it? Well, it's a great book because it's a bridge between the Old and New Testament. This is, um, some think it's Apollos, some think it's whoever. It doesn't matter who wrote it right. for our, our purposes. But it it beautifully connects the Old Testament to the New. And mm-hmm. what I mean by connect is telling Jewish people, Hebrews especially, the New Testament is a continuation of the Old. It is a better covenant. So everything we read in Hebrews is going to reference the Old Covenant as if you know it. Mm-hmm. That's why it's confusing for us because we aren't steeped in the Jewish traditions and we aren't steeped in the, even the Torah like we ought to be. And so we don't understand the tabernacle, the temple. And, all, and so all the, all the things here are bridging Jewish believers to, to keep them and say, hey, guard your faith. Don't give up. Like, keep pursuing this because the pressure is go back to being Jewish because we all know what Jewish is mm-hmm. or go back to idolatry because we all know what that is. But this mm-hmm. Christian thing is getting us in trouble. Right. Well, okay. So, so. <laughs> okay. Correct what I said. No, no, no. You're No, that. Um, yeah. So, like, one of the big themes is you'll always see the setup is Jesus is greater than. Yeah. And, and then there'll be a comparison to the Old Testament. Yes. And what. Um, a lot of historians who've studied this book, uh, one of the best theories that I've come across, which I really like, is that they believe this is being written right before the destruction of the temple. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of um, Jewish persecution going yeah, on. Persecution is on the rise. And for sure. um, so if you remember, if you are around or if you're listening to this in the future, but um, if Adam, if you remember yes. during the. Um, Twin Towers being destroyed. 9-11. 9-11. And there was uh, a rise of patriotism. Yes. A lot of people were like, we're Americans, and um, we saw a lot of unity um, among political parties within America. And so what the, um, I don't know, comparison is, mm-hmm. is that um, the Jews outside of Jerusalem are hearing and witnessing the persecution that's happening in Jerusalem and so um Jewish identity is wrapped up in like patriotism like it's not just a religious belief right. yeah. it's, it's a, actually tied to like a land a land and genealogy yeah. and all that stuff and so they're going no the temple's good and we need to fight for it and so there's like this rise of patriotism and mm-hmm. going rush back to um temple worship and everything and the author of hebrews is going hey pump the brakes Mm. like we need to help those people out 
and we need to pray for them, but we don't need to go back to the things of the old covenant. We have something better. So nice. don't go back there. Yeah, and because that's the real pull. And mm-hmm. so you'll see things like um, we must pay closer attention to what we've heard and we must hold tight. And even through, so we're going to start chapters one and two uh, about how Jesus is better. I mean, he's, so the, it begins with the supremacy of God's son. Mm-hmm. And even um, he's above, I mean, I'm just, let me just quickly do it. Yeah, do it. He's greater than angels. Yes, that is the first point. And why would you say that? Well, because again, things are being coming spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so in our search for spirituality, and even among the Christians, like, oh, we're Jewish, so let's go back to the old law. Let's get angels to speak to us. And, and, so, Jesus, and so the author has to go, look, uh, Jesus is greater than angels. And he, he even quotes, and the way Hebrew, the author uh, interacts with the scriptures is very interesting. It's not like proof text. <laughs> it's more like what comes to his mind. And uh-huh. so he kind of quotes like Psalm 8. Like, what is man that you are great? Or he's, he's quoting all these psalms in and out, and the people mm-hmm. would just know what he's referencing. Right. And it's not like directly, and it's not always perfect. It's like bits and pieces put together to make a point. But he says, um, my son is greater than angels. Mm-hmm. And so don't try to get the, the voice of an angel. You don't need to get these things, because God has worked through angels, even in bringing Jesus you know, well, to Mary. And to, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think uh, when you look back at the stories of the Old Testament, a lot of God's word was revealed through angels. Mm-hmm. And so I think, too, the temptation was to just classify Jesus as an angel. Right. Like, oh, he's just the next angel that came to us, the next messenger from God that came to reveal more of his word. And the Hebrew, the author of Hebrews is going, no, he's something better In fact, and greater than that. He's the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. Mm-hmm. He's the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Right. So, I mean, trying to make it clear, Jesus is greater than angels. Um, and then... He, he says, look, we got to pay attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. Mm-hmm. And so now he goes on to, here's the message declared by angels. It proved to be reliable, right? Um, again, how should we, we don't want to neglect such great a salvation, but there's something greater than the angels. It's the Son of God, the founder of our salvation. And this is where he quotes um, chapter Psalm 8. What is man that you are mindful of him, the Son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Um, yeah, and so now he's connecting that. So before, I think the original audience was connecting that to humanity. Yeah, no, what is man? Because mm-hmm. God has made us mm-hmm. a little higher than the angels, and what are we? Yeah, and so now he's connecting it to Jesus, like the Son of Man now. Yeah. Jesus is our representative. And so everything has been brought under subjection under Jesus' feet now. And, and so that's it, what's happening. And here's now. what that means. It means that um, he's brought everything under under his rule. Mm-hmm. And so um, he's the founder of our salvation. And he's become the founder through suffering. Right. Yeah. So I love um, in I'm getting, yeah. chapter 9 or verse 9, chapter 2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where he says, uh, Jesus was crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so there's this idea that Jesus died for us so that he could break the power of death over us. Yeah, you, you kind of see like a little cyclical pattern because mm-hmm. 
tomorrow, in tomorrow's reading, it'll be about him being greater than Moses. And, oh, spoilers. I know. But he's greater than angels, and the main reason is because of what you just said. Mm-hmm. He's going to sanctify, he's going to set us apart as holy by his own suffering, by his own death, by taking the punishment. Which is something an angel never did. Right. An angel is not authorized to do. He, he's, he's never messen- done that. Yeah. Angel means messenger, by yeah. the way. He just speaks for God. Well, Jesus is more than just speaking for God. He became flesh and dies. For me, it's, um, it's verse 11, the end of it, says that is why Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers. Yeah, because he became yeah. a man. Well, yeah, he shares in flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. It says in verse 14, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has power of death. That is the devil. And deliver us uh, who are subject to lifelong slavery. I know. And that might be better than... I love that. Because it's like, I say sin is like a sickness, but really maybe seeing ourselves as slaves Mm -hmm. to sin. But that would be the main... I mean, every line, I should just read it, but again, we'll see this theme so much that he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. Yeah. So, you got to read the last verse. He himself suffered when tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. I know, I love that. So for me, the finishing thought with the first two chapters of Hebrews is Jesus is greater than angels because he doesn't just bring the message. Mm -hmm. He delivers the work. Right. And the way we can approach him and interpret this is he has made us brothers. By becoming flesh and blood, we're brothers, and Jesus is not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed. I know. And the reason so he great. cannot be ashamed of you, he should be, because it's like, hey, God, this is my brother Adam, and he <laughs> just keeps trying to overthrow your throne in a hundred different ways every second. I know he's a traitor, and he deserves to be put outside and banished, but would you have a, you know, and I would be ashamed, mm-hmm. but Jesus is not ashamed. He's like, this is your son, Adam, and I've cleansed him with my blood and filled him with my spirit and baptized him into us. I'm not ashamed of him. I lift mm-hmm. him up to you, God. He's my brother, and you're our father. And the reason he can do that is because he's been tempted like us in every way, and he stood up under it, and now he gives us his victory, his life, his promise, his inheritance, and his pride. That's something I never think of. So he's proud of you, man. Mm -hmm. He's more proud of you than I am, that's for sure. I don't know why I took it mean there. I was hoping you would... No. (laughs) Okay. Jesus is our brother, (laughs) and that's that's something pretty good. All right. Thanks, Hebrews. Our psalm for today is Psalm 119, verses 129 through 136. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise, and let no inquiry get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression, and that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears, because people do not keep your law. fed by ravens go in peace and serve the lord we'll talk to you next time